0: Just- hola. hola!
1: How are you? Hola! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Or should I say hola in the words of Shannon Storms the Door? Because every person that walked into her party, she just simply screamed hola right in their faces. Right? Taylor Armstrong came in, hola! T- <laughs> I was like, Shannon, you need to cool it. You need to step back. You need to take the vocals down a little bit and maybe just not scream hola in somebody's face when they're first arriving at a party. I like to get my bearings when I walk in somewhere. I don't I can't have the host yelling in my face as soon as I walk through the door. I need to figure out where the fire exits are. I need to figure out what the food situation is, how I'm gonna get a cocktail. And uh nobody can figure any of that out because as soon as they walk through that door, Hola! <laughs> Oh my god, I loved it. I loved it. I love this episode of uh, The Real Houses of Orange County that we're going to discuss here on Everything Iconic today, too, because it was a lot of fourth wall breaking, which I think is the future, having the cast members talking to the producers on camera. I thought it was just fantastic. So, so good. And I'm loving this season of Orange County. And I know we missed a couple weeks uh, with the Orange County recaps, but I'm doing my absolute best. Went on a family vacation, then I got covid uh, it is possible because I did eat dinner at a Florida Medieval Times. That is perhaps where I got it, but that's neither here nor there. The point is I'm on the mend, but it's uh, taken a little while, so I'm doing my absolute best. If I miss episodes here or there, it is summertime. I'm not taking long extended breaks, but you just need to leave me be because I am doing my best. I'm doing my absolute best, and we can't cover every show, so we're covering here Orange County today. But uh, it might not be a very long episode, because we'll see how long I could get through this, because I am still a little bit on the mend. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I'm fine. I'm fine. But, uh, you know, it takes a little while to get it all out of you, so I I had to give that little little, uh, disclaimer here. But I, again, love this episode. It opened with Shannon's house, and we're hearing the Jaws music. We see Archie the dog sleeping, and then we see... This guy that she's been dating for years, named John. Now, this is a hot take. I do believe this is the most uninteresting man that's ever been on television. And he's in a sea of uninteresting men on television uh, over on The Real Houses of Orange County. Because I do believe that most of those men are uh, should not be on screen. Should not be on a television screen. I'm sorry to say. But I don't think any. Uh, Travis seems like a wonderful, nice guy. Gina's uh, boyfriend. I don't think he's someone that I need to see a lot of on TV. I don't think any of them have the men much personality. Over on The Real Houses of New Jersey, they're filming them men all the time. And I don't even think those men should be on screen. But compared to the OC men, I feel like uh, at least they got some something over there on Jersey. But over on Orange County, I'm like, this John, she's been dating him forever. And I can't even uh, wrap my eyes around him when he's on screen. I just zone out. I fall asleep. I mean, I'm just like, well, who wants to see this man? And they even have some, like, scandal going on between the two of them, and I just can't even feign interest in it, because I'm like, I don't care about this man. He seems so—and then to find out—did you hear this in the episode where it was alleged that this man, John, like likes the limelight and likes the attention, and and it was sort of alluded that he wants to be on TV, and he's staying with Shannon, I think somebody said, uh, for uh, the limelight— and I'm like, this man should be nowhere near a limelight. In fact, he should be in the dark somewhere. Just put him in a dark room. I let him live his life. He should just. Not, some people just don't have an it factor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to say it. But this is television. And uh, there's a lot of people competing for those spots on television. And if you got someone like John or some of these other men in Orange County, it's like, I don't need them in front of a red light. Put the women in there. I, I don't care about these men. And I'm honestly kind of tired of... Bravo pushing the men on us. I mentioned Jersey and I am tired of them too. I, they do have a little more it factor than here on Orange County, but I just don't need to be seeing it. Remember on Salt Lake City when they tried to give us a scene with the men like playing putt putt or something? Like nobody needs to see Whitney's husband uh, on uh, television. Okay. Whitney Wild Rose's husband does not need to be anywhere near a camera. Okay. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Okay. And there's plenty of other people around. Like what happened to back in the day? when uh, the Orange County, or, or even I think of Atlanta with Dwight, or they had Miss Lawrence, or they had these really dynamic personalities that we friends of, the Kim D's. What happened to those people? Those are dynamic personalities that might not be married to a cast member, but let's get them on screen instead of these flops like John. I'm sorry. But anyway, Shannon and John, this man also seems like a nightmare, and I want Shannon to get away from him. He's a clunker in front of the screen, and he seems like a clunker uh, in their personal lives, too. He says something like, in that opening scene on Orange County, he's like, be careful who you trust. And I was like, yeah, you ass. I don't trust you. I don't trust you as far as I could throw a shoe. I don't know if that's a saying, but I don't trust this man. I do not trust that man. And I, I don't trust many men on Bravo, to be honest. Unless they're a gay man, I'm not trusting them. And I've learned. I've learned. I've been burned before. Um, okay. So, uh, then we have, a uh, hip goes into Cynthia Raleigh and she meets with this gal, Kimberly. And it just says on the screen, it says Kimberly, exoneree. And uh, was anyone else confu- confused for a second? I know I- I'm a dummy sometimes, but I, it took me a minute. I had to like look up. <laughs> I feel so stupid. I had to like look up. I was like, what does exoneree mean? And then of course, when I looked up the definition, I was like, oh yeah, I got it. But it was just, I was confused because I'm just not used to seeing that on the real houses of Orange County. And so I was like, who's this gal again? And sometimes the Bravo people, they do throw in a wild card. It'll be like a Luann at, um, you know, serving food to the homeless or something. And they'll just show, they'll put someone's name on screen and it'll just say like Donna. And you're like, wait, did I meet Donna? Like, that's how I felt about Kimberly. I'm like, have I met Kimberly before? And uh, she's an exoneree. I'm trying to figure it out. But apparently, Hip has been uh, working with the California Innocence Project. So she's been helping these people who have been wrongly accused. And look, Hip is really winning me over this season. Real, I mean, I, she's doing a good job. shes I'm sorry to say, she, I think she's doing a great housewife job this season. Because she's given us a little personal storyline. She's given us, I don't know, she seems, I'm liking her a lot. I'm really liking her a lot. And I'm liking that she saved people. Uh, I think Kim Kardashian also worked for this California Innocence Project, right? But imagine, so this woman, Kimberly, she came home. The boyfriend she came home to was murdered. And they put her in prison for, I believe it was seven years, which is a nightmare. And then, of course, she got out because apparently she was wrongfully accused, allegedly. I don't know the whole details of the case. But she got out and imagine that seven years away in prison for something you didn't do. I don't know that I could handle it. I mean, I give this woman—somebody give her a Nobel Peace Prize or something, because I don't know anyone that should be surviving that, because it's too much. It reminded me of that movie Double Jeopardy. Remember uh, Ashley Judd? God, I miss the days of an Ashley Judd thriller. Just in the cineplex. Remember back in the—back in 99, no matter what weekend you went to the movie theaters, you'd see Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman in a thriller, and I miss those days. Put them back on screen. Let's get Ashley Judd just doing something uh, something on screen, an action thriller. Because that's what's missing. I know we're we're all got the superhero fatigue, but we don't have Ashley Judd thriller fatigue yet. And I need that to happen because it's like too much. Too many. I love the Marvel movies, DC movies, great, but we need to bring Ashley Judd thrillers back, and that's the way to save the multiplex. I know there's strikes going on, so of course will have to be after strikes. But I hope. I know wherever Ashley Judd is, I hope she's doing well. And I'm gonna need someone to step their ass up and give Ashley Judd a thriller again in the year of our Lord, 2023, because that's what's missing in our multiplex. I need to go to the theater, and I need to see a double feature of Barbie and an Ashley Dredd thriller with I don't care, throw another guy in there with him. Throw Morgan, Morgan Freeman still around, like, let's put him in there with her. Or it's maybe somebody new, maybe we can foster some new talent, put her on screen with Sydney Sweeney, and maybe they're a mother-daughter con artist. That's my favorite genre of movie, is a mother-daughter con artist. Hello, Heartbreakers, Sigourney Weaver, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Let's get a reboot of that. Let's get some of this going on. Nothing better than when you uh, turn on a movie trailer and it's like two con women uh, go to get revenge. Like, that's what we need. That's what's missing. It's like at Ashley Judd getting revenge with Sidney Sweeney on some men. Okay, sorry to get off on that. But I do, that Double Jeopardy movie, I, I was like obsessed with that movie. I don't remember, I guess it was like 98 it came out. And she was like wrongfully accused. And then she'd get out. She's, then she goes up to the guy, the ex-husband. She's like, I could kill you in, in the day of light and no one could do anything about it. Ugh, the chills just thinking about it. Anyway, good for Hip. Then we see Casita talking to Shams Bro. Now, I was so distracted because Casita was on a FaceTime with Heather Bro, and I was looking at the kitchen. And did any, I know we've been in Casita's kitchen before, like we've have filmed in that kitchen before. I think there's been some food scenes with the Travis, but I really landed my eyes on the kitchen this week and I noticed that it was really clean and I'd say unexpectedly clean. Like there was a, a candle lit and I don't know what I expected when I looked around casita's kitchen but maybe i was expecting like you know uh, last night's DiGiorno, a bottle of rum chata, some old throw up and maybe uh, some urine on the floor i don't know that's what my mind was thinking uh, going into casita's kitchen and then when i really stepped back and looked around i was like this is clean and then later in the episode we see a scene in jen's kitchen where i i'm sorry to skip around but jen actually had casita over And I thought, okay, first of all, Casita's kitchen is like way nicer than Jen's kitchen, which I wouldn't have expected just because I was comparing the kitchen. You know, that's what I was really focused on this week. But not only that, but then Jen, uh, she served Casita a coffee and she took one of the mugs. It might have been tea. It was either tea or coffee, but one of the mugs she took straight out of a microwave, straight out of a microwave. Now this is something that I would do. I heat up my coffee or get an instant coffee. Sometimes you you don't have time to do the pot or a K-cup, so you do the instant. But I was just thinking, imagine if Jen had Heather Dubrow over and served Heather Dubrow coffee from the microwave or tea from the microwave. Like, Heather Dubrow would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how the fuck did I get on this show with someone who's serving me tea from a microwave? And again, I know all of us regular people, we do that. We heat up our, our water, our coffee, our tea in the microwave. But I, you know, I don't think that's something the chic people do. So I was thinking, I wish, I wish Heather Dubrow was over because she would have served that cup of coffee and Heather Dubrow would have been like, what the fuck is she? I bet Heather Dubrow doesn't even know what a microwave is. I bet she doesn't even know how it works, doesn't know what the fuck it is. I, she's got the chef going all the time. But I do think like really chic people, they they don't use, uh, cause, Aren't there like harmful rays and stuff in a microwave? I don't know. But the point is, I don't believe Heather Dubrow knows what a microwave is. And she certainly never had coffee or tea out of a microwave. And so that was just, it was, it was shocking to me. It didn't even phase Gina, though. Gina was like, I've seen it all before. But Gina did have a nicer kitchen. And I'm sorry to judge the kitchens, but I was like, good job, Casita. It looks clean. It's got a lit three wick. I was proud of her. I was proud of her. Anyway, Shannon's getting ready for this party. Nobody wants to go. Nobody. Maybe it's because she. They know when they show up, she's just gonna yell "Hola" in their face.
0: Hola, Hola, Hola. Yeah, How are you? Hola, <laughs> <laughs> How are you?
1: <laughs> Oh my god, her yelling "Hola." I gotta save my voice. I'm recording my audio book this week, and I'm I'm not even at full voice right now, uh, so I gotta. I can't be screaming like Shannon. Hola. <laughs> Oh, I can't help it. Anyway, nobody wants to go. And she's getting ready for this party. And Shannon says Heather hurt her. Because on one of the last couple weeks, I know the Orange County was off last week, and then uh, the week before maybe it was, but uh, Shannon stormed out of an event because everybody was talking shit about her and that Flop John. And so Flop John and her are having all these troubles, and all the gals are talking about it. And there is one thing that has come up for years now on Orange County Housewives that... I think it's so crazy, and we've never really explored it much at a reunion, and it's very troublesome, I think, and I don't really know why nobody is really leaning hard into it, but all of the cast members, for years now, they've made these side comments in the press, in the show, that Shannon drinks a ton at night, and then she calls people drunk and complains about her life. Now, early on, when she was breaking up with uh, that other guy, that other man that we don't like, what was his name? Um, I, w- I want to say it's Bill, but it- I know it wasn't. <laughs> uh, the DeBro guy. Or not, the D- Bedore guy. Ugh, my head is all jumbled. I'm going to get some facts wrong, just deal with that. David Bedore, that's his name. Um, he-, he feels like a Bill, though, doesn't he? He feels like a Bill to me. Anyway, David Bedore, when she first broke up with that relationship, it made sense to me that maybe you would have some cocktails at night because she was dealing with a breakup and divorce and kids. And so I understood it, but it's gotten to the point now where this is years since she's been with David Bedore and for it to keep coming up is, should we be worried about that? Like, shouldn't somebody kind of dive a little deeper into that? Because it's not one cast member. It's all cast members for years saying this woman allegedly is drinking a lot at night and calling them and complaining about Like It just, I'm worried about her, and so maybe we should just check in on that. Maybe some somewhere, someone, something should check in on that. Maybe we should dive a little deeper at the reunion and say, Andy needs to sit up there on that stage and say, what the fuck is going on, Shannon? Why does this keep coming up again and again and again and again? Because I'm noticing it, and she seems, Shannon gets a little tipsy on camera, but I don't ever see her get, like, too drunk or anything, at least to my eyes. But then what the fuck is it about that you're, you're drinking at night that much alone they're alluding to, and then complaining about your life and your flop John uh, and so i I worry about it, I worry about it, and I just think that we need to touch down on it for a long period of time. It should be a whole segment at a reunion, and they need to pull all the footage for five years or however long it's been that they have been alluding to this because I just feel like they skip over it every time, like it happened again I'm like, can somebody maybe ask her in the scene, like, why do you get drunk so much at night and call us? Because then they're saying it in the confessionals. And it's wild to me. It's wild, 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 wild. Uh, But then Shannon says Heather hurt her because Shannon doesn't want to talk about her relationship with Flop John. So Flop John uh, has been, uh, I guess, not. it's not going well. And uh, Shannon can't believe that Heather brought it up on camera. And it's like, I understand if I was on one of these shows, there would be things I wouldn't want to talk about. But I do believe that if you're signing up for a documentary series, a reality show about your life, then we can't just have you keeping things from the camera. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because that's not what this show is. It's not a scripted show. And so if this is your life, like we need to see this man. And if he don't want to film, then guess what? Then we. Uh, you're not showing us your life, and I understand that he might not want to be on camera, but then we need you off the show then, I think. And that goes across the board with Housewives. We cannot just have people picking and choosing what they want to show, because, yes, to all of us in real life, we wouldn't want to go on a reality show because we wouldn't want to show all of our real lives to the whole world to pick apart. But if that's the life you're choosing, I do sort of feel like you, you have to be honest and open about it. I don't know. Anyway, she says John's a private person, but then Heather's like, no, you said he likes the limelight. And you could tell that she caught Shannon in a lie because Shannon's like, uh, (laughs) hola! She was just, Shannon was caught in a lie. You could tell when she's lying. And so Heather says that uh, Shannon tells everyone that John loves the limelight. And it's the reason he's with her. And this is when Shannon rips off the mic and runs away. Ah, the drama. I loved it. And I think that the producers in showing us her taking off the mic and showing us have these conversation with producers. I think that's the the producers Bravo's way of telling us like, yeah, it is unfair that Shannon's trying to hide this big part of her life from cameras, uh, from the reality show she's on. And so I think that's Bravo telling us like, we're going to, we're going to give you the drama because Shannon's trying to hide it. So we're not going to let her hide it anymore because it seems like it's been happening for a while now with this flop, John a while now. Then we see Jen and her son Dominic playing soccer. There were cats. I took a little cat nap during this scene. But there was a nice, after the cats, there was this nice adoption talk. And I thought, okay, this might be a controversial hot take. Sit tight, little bear. Pull over if you're driving. Uh, I think these are nice conversations about adoption. I think these are important conversations for the audience to see. And I think it's great to see an adoptive parent, and and uh, the emotion that goes behind that. So with all of that said, though, the conversation was so personal. And I know I just talked about how we can't hide things from cameras and you need to show your life on screen if you sign up for this documentary reality series. However, this young boy, I, I just felt like he didn't want to be on camera. I don't think he seemed young and didn't. I don't know that he understood, like, why does this conversation have to be on camera? So although I think it was great content and great for the audience to see a conversation like this, it felt a little uncomfortable to me because it felt so personal. I just got the impression that, like, this boy was sitting there in the scene, as Jen was saying, uh, talking about their relationship, and I just got the impression that, like, he didn't want to be there, and he's so young, and these young kids don't. Don't I don't know that they could understand, and so I like when the kids are kind of playing in the background, or I don't know, uh, does that make sense? Sometimes I think the kids work, and then other times I don't. This one, it kind of made me uncomfortable. Am I the only one? I just felt like it was little, but it was a good conversation, and I want to see adopt. I would love to hear Jen's story. I, I would love to see her sit with the other gals and talk about her relationship and with adoption and. And I think those kind of conversations I want to see. Just he, I guess, just in this specific scene, I felt like he just wanted to go play soccer, and I thought he didn't want to be there. And I don't think he could quite understand or grasp exactly like why we were doing this on camera. You know what I mean? Anyway, Shams de Bro and the husband are signing some escrow papers because they got a penthouse. Now they're selling. It's crazy that they're selling that house after all that we've been through at that house. I like kind of got pissed at them. Is anyone else pissed at them for selling that fifty-five million dollar house? First of all, that kind of wealth is wild—fifty-five million. I mean, I don't even—I can't even wrap my brain around fifty-five million. And uh, they're signing escrow papers on a penthouse while selling the fifty-five million dollar house. But I just felt a little angry. And again, maybe it's because I'm a little on edge this past week or two. But I got angry that we spent so much time like building the house, leading up to the house, and hearing about how it was their dream house they wanted to get buried in and all that stuff. And now they're just selling them. Like we barely were there any time. Like what are you selling it now for? You did all that shit in the house. You have a whole, whole garage filled with TI ninety eight calculators, whatever the fuck those were. And so what are we doing? We're selling it already. And furthermore, I know they're moving into this penthouse, but I guess that means they're going to be building a new house. Are they leaving the show? Like this is all so unclear to me because there's no way. I, I don't believe that Heather DeBro is going to be joining Beverly Hills house. I'm sorry. So she's got this penthouse in LA, but then you're going to get a place in Orange County too, right? Because I don't want her leaving the show, even though I think she's maybe a nightmare and the wealth on display is a little aggressive to my eye at this point in time in my life. I still don't want her to go anywhere. I think the show needs Heather DeBrot. And so I'm very concerned. It's very concerning they I, i'm gonna i better write that down and talk to my therapist about it because i'm i'm actually losing sleep over it now that i am on this microphone talking about it because i can't l- lose them i don't want this show to get down in the gutter like it was all those years during the the Bronwyn years and the i mean we can't go back i don't want to go back and so heather Dubrow, i'm sorry you better build another house in orange county get to it get bob the builder on the line maybe call barb up from the real houses in new york and get her hammer over in Orange County because I'm going to need her to build a house for Heather bro I cannot lose her. You hear me? I might hate her, but I cannot lose her. So build a house, Barb. Get on over there. Get on a flight. let somebody book Barb the Builder, a Southwest flight and get her on over to Orange County. We need her to get in, to work, get a contracting work in. I don't know. Flyer blue, I don't care. Just whatever we need to do to get some builders over in Orange County for Heather bro uh, anyway, uh, let's take a break here. Let's take a little breather. I want to thank ACAST. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. There are still tickets available to the live show in Nashville. Nashville is going to be right before Halloween, so we're going to have a fun time. Uh, we might have to celebrate a little bit. And then I believe there's a few left for San Francisco and Cleveland as well. But um, get those tickets at everythingiconic.com, uh, and we'll be right back. That's one month for just $1 at Shopify.com slash Everything Iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back. I want to remind you all that I'm also recapping In Just Like That with my buddy, Hannah Brown. She's been joining me for those recaps. We're having a good time. And so we're going to be recapping the finale episode of In Just Like That uh, hopefully later this week, or it'll be out at the early part of next week, but we will be covering the finale, and we've been having the best time. And then I'm also recapping Sex and the City from the beginning over on the Everything Iconic Patreon, which is a subscription service. I just recapped a season three episode where Miranda and Steve are in a little bit of a slump, and Miranda, <laughs> this is so funny, she was... um they're in a slump and she's like doing Steve's laundry and it's got skid marks in the underwear. And then she's like clipping her toenails in bed. She's using the gripper clippers in bed and just uh, while they're having a nice night at home, she's just gripper clipping in bed (laughs) just with the toenails. And that's a step too far. And I just need everyone to remember that when you go about your relationships is you should not be gripper clipping in bed, put away the gripper clippers because you should not be cutting toenails in bed. Leave your hooves alone in bed with the sniffing the other, because that's going to ruin everything. It's going to ruin the magic. Anyway, but I am recapping over there on the Patreon, so you can listen to those if you want. Uh, and what else? I also, we talked a little bit about the Bethany interview with Rachel over on the last, and just like that recap, but um, it was wild. It was wild, and I don't understand. I get a little PTSD even talking about Bethany. I did interview her once, and I get a little... <laughs> I get a little like sweaty and nervous because I get PTSD every time that name comes up. And I'm still not over the crab boil. I'm still not over her eating them crab legs on TikTok. And to me, again, the most crazy thing I think I've ever seen. I'm not talking about television, film, uh, social media. I'm talking about anything that my eyes have ever seen in life. I believe that her eating the crab legs on TikTok is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And so I just need to go on record as saying that, because I know there's a lot of other things to talk about with that woman. But to me, the most uh, thing that w- it's just being passed over is that she ate all them fucking crabs from a hotel room on TikTok, because it's wild. It's the craziest thing ever, ever. I'm, not, I'm talking real life, too. I've seen some crazy shit in real life. I, I've seen some crazy things, and yet her eating a bunch of crab legs in a hotel room and filming herself doing it with some garbage bags on her hands and uh, wild. Why? It's crazy. And also like, what is everybody over there at Bethany HQ thinking when she's doing that? What is Bryn? Bryn's like a teenager now, isn't she? Imagine your mother. If Linda Pellegrino was ever eating uh, crab legs on screen on social media, I'd be like, mom, turn off your fucking phone. Like what is happening? And what is happening over there? It's why, and it's crazy. And I feel like she's filming everything, everything. Her whole life is on there. And I'm like, uh, somebody needs to take a phone away or something because it's too much. And if, I just think if I was the child and I'm not trying to knock her parenting, I'm just saying, uh, if Linda pellet was doing that, I'd say, mom, put the crab legs down, put the phone away. No one needs to see you eating crab legs from your hotel room, from a fucking Holiday Inn or wherever the fuck she was. Ugh. Sorry. I guess I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood. Okay. Where are we at here? Uh, what's going on? Heather, Terry, we talked about them selling the house. Oh, Shannon. So Shannon's still getting ready for the event. Heather already stormed out while she was getting ready for the event when she went and talked to her. And now we see Shannon FaceTiming hip. And uh, Shannon's yelling at Emily. And Emily says that Shannon uh, says all this stuff to everyone off camera. And she says, you're two different people, Shannon. You're Jekyll and Hyde. And as Hip is saying this on FaceTime, her hand was shaking. Did anyone else notice this? Which made me think it was like really intense. And she had been holding all these things in. And I also think they probably cut out some stuff about what Hip said that moment. Because there's no reason for Hip to be shaking like that. I think that something else was going on or that I think some stuff was cut. That's my theory. I think some stuff was cut. But she did hang up on her. And I just, I'm loving Hip this season. And hip did say she's like I'm I'm missing the event and it's a taco night and she says tacos are my favorite food, so if I miss it it's serious. Now, I know her tagline is something about a taco, so I guess that this is like where the tagline comes from. Which is loose. It's maybe we should have redone the tagline. For you know her season tagline about the taco? Maybe we should redo it. Because if this is the connection that she didn't go to Shannon's taco night, I mean it's it's a little it's a thin thread. It's a thin thread. Anyway, we do see Hip with production. We see Shannon with production. I like to see the producers talking to him and saying, like, you know, what's going on? And how are you feeling? And I I just love when a producer's subtitled or on a camera with a mic. Nothing better to me. Nothing better. Oh, and Shannon, it's it's revealed that Flop John, his Flop kids don't like her. And so she's like, I can't talk about it on camera. She says, don't film this. And then they film it and show it on camera. (gasps) I love it. I love it. But I still have a lot of questions about what's going on with Shannon and Flop John. Even though I don't want to see him, I do want to know, like, what's going on. I want to know the situation with the kids. Like, let's mic up the kid, then. If the kid hates Shannon Bedore, uh, Storm's Bedore, then maybe, like, let's mic up the kid. The do- Is it a daughter, a son? I don't remember if they said this. But I got, there's too many unsolved mysteries here, and I'm going to need them solve them.
2: For every mystery there is
0: someone, somewhere, who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is watching. Perhaps it's you.
1: Perhaps it's uh, Flop John's daughter or son. Perhaps it's one of them. So we need to figure it out. We need to figure it out, Bravo. Mic him up. I don't care who you got to mic up. But there's certain people that should be mic'd and shouldn't. Flop John, don't need him with a mic. The kid who hates Shannon, need him with a mic. So it's not that difficult. I'm not a producer. And I look, we love the producers. I know I sometimes get shady with the producers and stuff, but we love them. We've forgiven us all this entertainment. I mean, God bless them. God bless them. Uh, Where are we at here? Okay, so production. John calls. Shannon says she's got to go. I do, again, just think this is the future of the housewives. I think eventually they just have to fully show us them talking to the producers, the mechanics of behind the scenes. I think it would be so compelling. I wish just one of these franchises. Atlanta right now is in a really rough spot. Really, really rough spot. I don't know if you've been watching the season of Atlanta, but it's there's uh, it's bad. Even the cast members are coming out and saying, Kenya's saying it's a flop season. You know, They're coming out and saying it's bad because they know it. And it's all over the place. I think the casting is not great. I would love to see Nini back, although I don't know if that's going to happen. But I don't think the answer is to reboot. I worry about rebooting when I kind of feel like there could be some fun middle grounds where it's like, I like a soft reboot where they maybe get rid of a lot of the cast members. Or I love the idea of, okay, if we're going to keep the cast the same, Maybe we should tinker with the format a little bit, right? Like, So something for Atlanta I think would be interesting is to let's show the behind the scenes more. Let's incorporate the producers more and see the mechanics of uh, Marlowe and Kenya and filming and and stuff like that. I think that would be such a great way to refresh the franchises that might need refreshing and uh, give us something interesting to look at. All right, so then we got Shannon's event. She bought stuff for 16 couples, but now no one's coming. She said she paid, but uh, did she pay or did producers reimburse her? I don't know. I always get confused about that stuff. Because obviously I would think that production would pay for an event or at least chip in or something. But then Shannon's like, I paid for all that. And I get confused. Anyway, she says, I just want to have fun tonight. So it is what it is. Taylor and the husband arrive. And Taylor's husband, uh, Taylor Enough Armstrong, her husband seems very jolly. And I get a good vibe from him. I do I don't know what it is but I, he's got a jolly that's the only way I could describe him as jolly doesn't he seem jolly just he showed up and he was like smiling and I I don't feel like he really like needs to be on camera or wants to be on camera I just like him I like the husband he seems nice and honestly really anyone looks good compared to some of these other flop men on this show because you know you put John next to um Taylor's husband who's also named John oh, too many flop Johns anyway you got hundred flop Johns on the show Oh, goodness. I'm being mean. I'm sorry. Jen and Ryan show up. Now, everyone pretends to like Jen and Ryan, but I don't believe any of them do. I'm sorry, I don't. But I like Jen on the show. And uh, there was a moment, too, when they were drinking and Ryan made a joke about fucking another woman. And that made me laugh because it was like, (laughs) imagine, imagine you're dating, like if I was at a a couple's dinner with Matt, and he made some joke about like fucking someone else I would it'd be like, you need to cool it. Like we would be in the, I would storm out of there. I would stru- I'd throw off my mic pack. <laughs> I'd be like, I am done with you. We're getting a divorce. Because he not only is making that joke, but he's doing it on camera. He's making a joke about like, oh, I fucked someone else or something like that. Or I'm the one who cheats. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I know there were cheers and having some tequila. I get it. They were having a good time. But I, it would still grounds for divorce. I don't even think they're married at this point. But if it were me, I'd say divorce. I'd be like, let's um, file the paperwork right, right now, right now. There's certain things that are inexcusable. It reminds me of on Vanderpump Rules. Remember last season when Tom Shula Schwartz he had said something to Katie about her smelling. Like he greeted her and he was like, "Oh, what's that smell? What's that smell?" And I thought, like, that's enough for her to divorce you. Like it's happening on camera. That's what we have to all remember. Like these kind of jokes, I would be pissed if they happen off camera. But if my husband, who uh, there are all these allegations about cheating and whatever, and sending dick pics around, or your whole phone book at the gym, or whatever the fuck that happened, he was airdropping dick pics. If that was my boyfriend or husband, and then he's at a dinner party, mic on camera, making a joke about how he's the cheater, I'd be like, get the fuck out. Like, you're out of here. Get me the divorce papers. It's like, what are you doing? It's on camera. I mean, people have no, no, kuth. Is that a word? Anyway, um, the exoneree gala is really nice. I liked it. It was the woman who did anyone notice at the exoneree gala, it was like hip and Casita went to this gala, gala. I don't know. But the woman who was on the microphone, like introducing hip and introducing this event, it was like this young gal. And she's like, Hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) She was, like, so chipper, and I love her, and I need someone to give her an orange, because she was on camera, and she just goes, Hey, everyone, welcome to the Exxonery Gala. Oh, my God. Like, she was, it was very Valley Girl, and it just was so great, because it was a pretty serious event, right? Like, these are people who have been wrongfully accused and thrown in prison for seven years for a crime they did commit. And now here comes this woman introducing that, and she's like, Hey, everyone, welcome to the Exxonery Gala. And I was just like, wow, she's really chipper. And I was just thinking, these women in the audience, or these people in the audience, have been through it. Again, seven fucking years in a prison for a crime they didn't commit. And now they're finally out and getting to this event that's honoring them. And this gal is just on the microphone, like, hey, everyone. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. You know, they must appreciate it too. Must appreciate it. Get out of prison and you find this chipper gal. Uh, Honoring you, and it's, so that's not so bad, actually, but it was just, um, the, (laughs) compared to, like, what the event was for this woman on the microphone Hey, everyone, welcome to the Xana gala gala, gala, gala I don't fucking know how you say that. Anyway, back at the tequila night, that's when uh, Ryan was making the joke about fucking the other woman, allegedly. And then, um, let's see. Everyone there clearly thinks that John, Fop John and Shannon are donezo, right? Like, I think everyone in the cast agrees that they're donezo, but somehow they're pretending to be together, but it's only a matter of time. And I guess they're broken up in real life, aren't they? I don't care. Uh, then, uh, let's see. Jen gives a big monologue at the table about how sorry she is that the other women like treated Shannon and John this way. It was a little eye-rolly. Sometimes Jen, I could tell that Jen's like a yoga instructor, and I mean that as a compliment because she gives these like, I don't know these, she just gives that vibe. I don't even know how to explain it. But there was this one moment in the monologue where I was like, oh yeah, she's definitely a yoga instructor. And I like having those kind of people in my life because they always kind of have that calm demeanor and give you words of encouragement uh, but it it made me laugh in this this kind of monologue she did. It was a little yoga-y, right? And I mean that as a compliment. Anyway, Tamara says that Taylor uh, can trust people. As the uh, I'm sorry. Taylor can trust the people. The Taylor. Oh, fuck. See, I can't even talk. You guys, might, I better wrap this up because <laughs> Danny can't speak. And I, Danny cannot do this. But, um, okay, Tamara tells Taylor, there's too many T's. At the table, she says you can trust the people at the table and not the people who didn't show up to this event. So what Tamara is saying at the table, it's like, yeah, the people that you can trust, Taylor, you're just getting to know all of us. You could trust me, you could trust Shannon, not the people who aren't here, a.k.a. Hip, Casita, and Heather. Now, I do feel the opposite. Like, if I were to just make a judgment call of, like, the casting on this show and who I would trust with my life— I think I'd trust the people that weren't at the table more than the people that were at the table. Does that make sense? Like I, if I were telling Taylor Armstrong, I would say like, yeah, the people, the real people you could trust would probably be the people who aren't here. Right? Like <laughs> the people who are at the charity exoneree gala uh, with the gal. Hey everyone. <laughs> and I would trust them more so than I think I would trust like the people at the table. You know what I mean? I don't know. Am I wrong for that? They do have uh, this conversation about CPS and uh, Gina and how Shannon helped Gina with the DUI and uh, Child Protective Services. I didn't like that whole part of that conversation, but I was luckily it ended uh, because they got a tequila super soaker. And I thought Vicky should have been there. I'm sorry, Vicki Gumbleson should have been there, and she should have been uh, taking some taken some drinks from that tequila super soaker. Anyway, then we see Heather's penthouse with the interior designer. And again, confused if she's quitting the show, Uh, Roberto Cavalli designed everything in this penthouse. And Heather was being real annoying about it. She was just walking around every corner showing Terry and the sun. She's like, Roberto Cavalli did this. Look at his initials. Roberto Cavalli, Roberto Cavalli, Roberto Cavalli, Roberto Cavalli. I was like, hush, girl. Girl? Like, I don't give a fuck that he did the tiles. Like, we could see his name on it. Like, I don't, enough with Roberto Cavalli. And I was just getting mad at her. I think it's just because they were too rich. Like just, I was feeling this episode, especially. I was like, Heather and Terry is just too rich and it's bothering me. And so I'm turning on Heather simply because of her bank account, not even because of so much of her actions. Cause look, if I had a whole penthouse that was that expensive and just sold my other house for 55 million, I'd probably be walking around with a camera crew being like, look at Roberto Cavalli's tiles. I'd probably do that, but I don't want to see somebody else do that. And it's just, it was too much flaunting of the wealth. Like, tax the rich more. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but, I mean, it's too much just watching her walk around in that fucking penthouse in Los Angeles in the city that I live. I'm, like, looking at those views, and Heather's just like, look at my views, Roberto Follies, tiles. I was getting so mad at her. I was, like, pissed off. Like, hush, hush. Um, But, I mean, guess uh, good for her. She did say she signed an NDA, so she's like, I haven't told anyone about the house sale. And, obviously, this is going to come up with the other gals. They're going to get pissed about how Heather didn't tell him they were moving. I don't know. But this, wait, is the son going to school in LA? Cause he was like, Oh, this is close to school. So I could come here. I was getting mad at the sun too. So I was thinking of the dorm that I moved into freshman year. And this kid's like moving from one $55 million house. And now he's just going to have a penthouse in LA when he doesn't want to stay in the fucking dorm. And I was thinking, I stayed in a cinder block room at Ohio university. I mean, it was, I had a corner room. I mean, it was like a two by two room had enough room for one little twin size bed. I mean, what is going on? These youths, these attacks, the rich, I'm sorry. Okay. Then we see, um, Jen with the kittens again, again, time for a nap. <laughs> Matt really wants a cat so bad, but I'm allergic. And, uh, it's like a big fight in our house lately because he's just like, can we please get a cat? And I'm like, no, I'm allergic. And, um, It's just a problem. He keeps saying he's going to get one and like not tell me, and that we will get we're not officially married, but we will get a divorce if that happens. But they do have um, they drink those coffees and Jen presents Casita with some Coffee Mates, and I am a big fan of Coffee Mate. But I do believe that they're paying for sponsorships on Bravo because it's happened a bunch of times. There's been so much Coffee Mate promo. It happened on Jersey with Marjorie and Margaret. (laughs) Marjorie, why am I suddenly calling her Marjorie? Margaret. She had the coffee mate, and so they must be paying, because it's not blurred out, and they, they tend to focus on it. And it is what it is. But uh, there is, uh, Gina says, there's zero chance, because Jen brings up about the Child Protective Services conversation, and Gina says in that accent that it's forever changing. Every time I see Gina on screen, I'm like, what accent is she going to give us today? Is she going to sound like she's got peanut butter in her mouth, or is she going to sound... Uh, vocal fry, like, what's happening? She's like, there's zero chance my kids would be taken by CPS, and that is not something that's okay with me. It doesn't even make any fucking sense. If everyone's kids get taken for a DUI, there'd be no one with kids in Orange County, she says uh, in, in that voice. And then we cut to Hip and Shannon at the restaurant they decide to meet, and Shannon says, I've cared a lot about Emily lately, and I don't believe that's true. I actually don't believe that Shannon has ever really cared about Emily. Oh, by the way, did I tell you guys? I saw Shannon at the Taylor Swift concert. I didn't say hello because I do not know her. And I'm not always the most complimentary to her. But she looked beautiful, and I hope she enjoyed the concert. But I did see her, and I pooped my pants as soon as I did because I was like, "Uh uh-oh. you know, I'm always worried the housewife's going to confront me in the wild and wave their finger at me and yell at me because I don't even know what I say. I black out when I get behind the microphone. It's like, who even knows? Sometimes uh, I, I hear things I say, or someone posts a clip or something. I'm like, when the fuck did I say that? Oops. <laughs> Hashtag oops. You know, you just sometimes. And so I'm like, I saw her at the concert and I was like, I don't know what I've said about that woman. I'm certain that I haven't said the nicest things about Shannon Storms Bador in the past, especially out of all the housewives in the whole universe. I thought, like, probably I've said the most bad things about Shannon Storms Bador. But again, she looked beautiful. She's a beautiful gal and we want the best for all the gals. Oh, the gals. Okay, so then uh, Shannon, they, while she's sitting down with Hip, she does order a burger with no bread. And then Hip is like, well, I want a whole loaf of sourdough. And I appreciate that. And then Shannon says, Heather's a fucking liar. And then uh, they do a flashback of Heather when they got in a fight with, uh, when Heather got in a fight with Shannon. And Heather's like, I think, Terry, we might need to call an ambulance because she's having a nervous breakdown, which was so dramatic. And that's why I love Heather on the show. But also, it'd be infuriating if like, you were having a, a little bit of an argument with someone, and then the person was just like, does she need an ambulance? I'd be freaked out about it. But I do feel like they're all turning on Heather. It seems like a group effort. And I wondered if it had something to do with her moving. Like, at least the confessionals, which were probably fil- filmed later, I wondered if like the cast just realizes that she, uh, Heather might not be on the show anymore, and so they're just like, well, uh, let's burn that bridge or let's take her down or make her a common enemy so that we can just turn on her instead of each other. Cause she won't be back next season. Or I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it feels like everyone is turning on Heather. And I just don't know that what Heather has done fits the crime. Like the punishment doesn't fit the crime with Heather for me. Yes, she's a rich demon in a lot of ways. And I do hate her flaunting of her wealth, but in terms of her interpersonal relationships with these other women, I don't know that Heather Shams-Dubrow has done something inexcusable or unforgivable. And so it feels strange to me that they're all just turning completely. Anyway, uh, Hip and Bador, they do make up. Shannon says she's going to proceed with caution. And we're just going to have to wait and see. That's how the episode ends. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that
2: for full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
1: Next time, they go to a pumpkin patch. Ah, I'm so excited about that. I love a pumpkin patch. I'm so ready for fall. I'm so ready for the pumpkins and leaves and just all the basicness of fall. I'm tired of the heat. I'm tired of uh, summertime. Sorry to say I'm not trying to rush us through summer, but I am sick of it. And I'm ready to just cozy on up with the blanket, watch some practical magic, watch mermaids, and just cozy on up on the couch and just forget about life's troubles with some pumpkins. That's where I'm at. Emotionally, mentally, that's where I'm at. And so um, we'll see next season. We're going to see what happens with Flop John. And uh, obviously they break up, and I'm excited. I'm loving the season of Orange County again. I feel like I say that every time I get on this microphone, but I think it's great. Uh, And by the way, Salt Lake City's coming back. And I cannot wait. The premiere is coming September 5th, I believe. We are going to be covering Salt Lake. I love recapping Salt Lake because it's so unhinged. It's so crazy and bizarre. And I just think it's one of the most fun shows to recap. And I think sometimes it's like, you can have a really good show and it won't be so fun to recap. And then also I think you can have sometimes a really bad show that's really fun to recap. Do you know what I mean? Like, and just like that, we're having the best time recapping and it, it's technically, especially this season, I believe not the best show, but it's so fun to talk about and to recap and to playfully drag a little bit. And so um, Salt Lake City, though, the trailer looked so good. We have Mary Cosby back. Uh, she, she, says that Heather looks inbred in the trailer, which is like... I mean, it just looks like we got a lot of stuff. And I may or may not have seen the premiere, and it may or may not have been excellent. So I'm so excited about the upcoming season of Salt Lake. I cannot wait. And then I think... um, What else is coming? Southern Charm's coming, which I don't think we're going to recap, but we'll maybe dip in and out, or maybe touch down on it every once in a while. But it looks like we got a lot of stuff coming in the uh, fall from Bravo, and I I, for one, can't wait. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. I love you. Stay safe. Thank you to Acast. Did I do all the promo stuff? I talked about everything. I probably mentioned this book I have coming out in October that I'm asking you to pre-order, which is annoying. I know I keep saying it, but I gotta keep the lights on here at uh, Everything Iconic HQ. I love you all so much for listening. And uh, again, we'll be back either later this week or early next week with that finale of And Just Like That recap. Again, I'm doing my absolute best And I'm a one-man band here on Everything Iconic, so I don't have bookers or editors or producers on this show. It's literally just me. So if I miss some weeks here or there, just know that it's because I have other things going on in my life that need tending to. And so we just might miss things, and I'm doing my best. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.